Le pega Ronaldo. Gol. outside the box is a, a direct free kick and a red card. Inside the box is more difficult. But Mo Farah gritting his teeth now. The arms have got to pop, the knees have got to come up high. He's got to find something extra. He's got to kick hard. Come on, Mo Farah. Farah is going to make it two goals. So we've got Endicol and Oshie in the studio. We're going to start with the football today. That's Wayne Rooney's career as United's number nine. Is it over after last night's 3-1 defeat of Northampton? I think very much so. I think it was over far, far before that three one defeat. But um, yeah, I can see Wayne never again as a number nine for me, especially not for a team like Manchester United. Well, he's he's not a number nine anymore. Like you have to accept that. And as players get older, they don't play in the same position. But at the same time, as a United fan, it's hard to let go of what Wayne Rooney was when he was younger. I mean, I grew up thinking Wayne Rooney was the greatest striker of all time, which he. Arguably, is one of the best strikers mm. of all time. I'm, I'm gonna and, also. And people, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think people are forgetting how good Wayne Rooney actually was, was because because of the last few years. And I'm not saying that that justifies him being in the team, but it justifies the nostalgia and it justifies people thinking that he he was such a great player. But do you think he still has a place in this United squad? Not a starting place. And you definitely not. Like given they're going, they're playing Leicester on Saturday. And Mourinho said, like in the week, he said Rooney needs to bring out a big performance tonight if he wants to be in contention to play against Leicester. Do you think? Do you think he's going to start? I I don't think he should. I mean, look at Rashford since it, since he started, he scored two goals in the past two starts, and uh, he has a goal scoring record. I think Rashford's the future. And if you if you're actually comparing him to Wayne Rooney, like that's what Wayne Rooney was. Say, what he's thirty now, so fifteen years ago, oh, yeah. thirty one in a month, yeah. I think. Yes, so. 13 years ago that was Wayne Rooney and I think Rashford needs to get the opportunity mm. that Wayne Rooney got Yeah, and what would you see the future is for Wayne Rooney do you think Jose will just kind of suck it up and push him out the door or do you, do you, just, do you subscribe to this theory actually that he, he has to play like it's contractual because no I, I, no, I, I wouldn't agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I no I've seen conspiracy so. theories flying and like it wouldn't be it wouldn't be like Jose Mourinho to uh, keep a player in the squad out of his history I mean he very much seems to subscribe to the whole idea that you're only as good as your last game and he's been ruthless in the past mm. but for some reason like both at club and at international level Wayne Rooney just undroppable almost isn't so, yeah, yeah. managers seem to see something that the general public and most of Twitter doesn't seem to see yeah well well, there's talk that um, that the CEO of United like the, the men in the suits they they want Rooney to play because uh, if you if you look back at the press conferences before before the Euros, the, a Chinese reporter asked uh, Wayne Rooney how it felt that people in China were getting up at three o'clock in the morning just to watch him play. Mm. And the United CEO once described Manchester United as the greatest TV show in the world. 
and he Wayne Rooney's been the main character for that yeah, and he true. is United's arguably United's biggest asset for the past 15 years now though they have Ibrahimovic they have Pogba I think he will start being edged out of the team gradually Definitely. if the CEOs and the men in the suits have as much power as people actually say they do yeah. and just kind of continuing on we just mentioned Pogba there um, what do you think of I know it's I know I'm quoting the sun here but this supposedly detached persona is causing ripples mm. He's been very underwhelming, though. I mean, we can't deny that. He's been been very, very underwhelming since he came. But how how do you play to your potential if you're not playing in your position? I mean, Pogba is not a defensive midfielder. Good point. And I mean, Pogba is is a is a brilliant player, and there's no there's no questioning that. But if he's playing with Fellaini, like I mean, I don't know what he's supposed to do. He, I, I'm not a, I, I'm not a big fan of the four two three one formation in the first place, but. If you're going to play an attacking midfielder in the defensive role, I don't think how 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 is he supposed to shine the way he's supposed to. Like? Mm. And given they've lost, I think it's three games on the trot now. Do you think any kind of chance of winning the league is over? I wouldn't. Is Pep running away with it already. I, I wouldn't buy into it. I think Pep Pep's doing a fantastic job. There's no arguing that. But I mean, as as Jose said himself, it's the it's the best start of a United manager since before Alex Ferguson. Alex Ferguson had a worse start than him, and people, like people, were questioning Alex Ferguson when it happened. So I, I think it's way too early. I to think a lot of that. people kind of would quote though. It was, I know it was a different time back then because no, then David Moyes went on to his terrible start, and there was absolutely no limits on what Moyes was allowed to do. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think that a manager of the stature of Jose Mourinho is going to panic too early. Mm. Mm, true. I still, I don't, I don't, I don't think they have a chance at the league. No, I think, no. I think yeah. it's it's. You look at how strong City are. For me, there's no one but City. At at the minute, it's City's yeah. league to to lose. I think mm. they're they're playing absolutely phenomenal football. All right, Grant. So we're gonna move up to Scotland anyway. Um, Joey Barton's career is over. Mm-hmm. It's died a horrible death. It has died. It's been on its way out Scott, for a while. Now, thanks to Scott Brown, betting scandals, um, book revelations. Where are we gonna start with him? Um, so he's being investigated over claims he gambled on Celtic's seven nil defeat by Barcelona. What are your thoughts? Well, I know that the Scottish FA takes no prisoners when it comes to betting on games, but I mean, if you if you're gambling on football, like that's an easy bet. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Realistically, it's like, free money, I suppose. If, if if you're going, I think the bet was. Uh, he bet Do you think it's a strict rule? Like it's harsh on <sighs> a player to be allowed to gamble on matches that don't concern them. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, if you're I think you have to take into account how big a rivalry is between Celtic and Rangers. I mean, if you're betting on your rivals to lose, like that, it doesn't reflect well on the club, and it doesn't really reflect well on you. Like, can I, I don't know, don't know how you would describe it. I mean, Barton came into the Scottish League thinking he's the big dog. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, play, he played class in the Championship last year, but it's a completely different world up there. Mm. Scottish football isn't the same as English football. I think it's something he didn't need. Either like yeah, he just exactly. didn't need to. Do. It's just a, it's a silly decision. Like considering all the the hype that's around them at the moment in the media, it's just something that he could have easily easily avoided. Another scandal that he could have easily avoided. <laughs> well, it, it's not the only scandal because oh, yeah. <laughs> obviously on Monday he was uh, suspended by Rangers after a training ground disagreement, yeah. which nobody's ever probably going to find out no. the details of. But he was also claimed that an agent working on behalf of Celtic's CEO Peter Laurel approached him about making the move to Celtic before he made the move to Rangers. 
well, what do you think about this? Because it follows up then. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. it makes me smile mm. because because of the way he was acting before he went to Rangers, saying that. I mean, people people were bringing up past tweets, uh, saying that he was a Celtic fan because because he had tweeted yeah. about the old firm game, come on Celtic, and he tweeted in two thousand eleven that it was a boyhood dream come true to play in Parkhead, and then he came out and he was like, oh. I just said that because it's a it's a derby game and I took a side <laughs> and yeah. I have family in Ireland so I took a side and then like to go on and bet against Celtic yeah. and then play as bad as he did against Celtic it makes me smile. Yeah, yeah. it's it's quite convenient for him because he has a book out today which is where, where all of these revelations yeah. are coming from but um straight away Peter Laurel the CEO of Celtic has got back on to say it was completely the other way around and I suppose if you're Joey Barton now a lot of people aren't going to take your books too seriously <laughs> if one of the facts that's been revealed has already been shot down by CEO. Yeah. And well, who's going to believe Joey now? I think I still. Why read would the book. you believe him? I think I still read the book though. I'd say there's some good stuff in that. I <laughs> definitely, I would definitely still read that book. Well, I don't know. Would it remind you a bit of Alex Ferguson's book? Where I don't know, it was a huge storm at the time when it came out. I think a week later, somebody mm-hmm. managed to point out, I think oh, over eighty just basic facts that were gone wrong between this book a lot yeah, of people yeah it would not surprise me disputing things that it just it's going to take away from the authenticity of the thing altogether and reading it is just really not going to get you anywhere but I think the like the autobiographies are very like that because I mean um, you see all the qu- quotes about Zlatan um, yeah, from his book yeah. and the, <laughs> the writer came out and said that he took a lot of uh, like he took a lot of it I remember this yeah as they, they weren't actually Zlatan quotes they just didn't took he the just, gist of the story and made it made the more. Didn't interesting. he say like he just started making things up and yeah. then he sent the book to Slat and, and that he was just oh he's dead nervous like Ibrahimovic is going to read this he's going to turn around and be like what the hell are you talking about I haven't done half <laughs> these things but then he just said he loved this go yeah. ahead with it and then. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you just need to take these things with a pinch of salt definitely um, but what what do you make of Chris Sutton um, oh my god what he said he said that uh, if Warburton, the Rangers manager, had any balls, he would sack Joey Barton. Would you sack Joey Barton? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I th- like, uh, it would be different, I think, if he was really turning on this. Like, if he was really showing he was a cut above at Celtic, or at Rangers, so I say. But, he, I mean, he's, he's, he's really not, he really wasn't playing well. He was atrocious in the, the all-firm derby. So, I mean, I think just cut your losses and get mail. I think you have to look at it as well from how bad he's made the club look from a PR perspective because he's been opening his mouth saying all of these things that he's just not backing up on the pitch. And if you're Warburton and you're looking at this, like, he's completely defamated the club. Like, yeah. he, I know that, like, not a lot of people have a high opinion of Rangers, but, you know, you have to be able to back up your words. And he was completely in Scott Brown's pocket. And I think after that, nobody is going to take him seriously. And he, he's causing, apparently he's causing a lot of rifts in the Rangers dressing room as well because uh, the player who was on free kicks is left back. He, he has a very, very good record. And then Joey Barton comes in, Burnley's player of the year last year. Yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> taking free kicks. And he skied the first four of them. And uh, like he, he just decided to take take it over himself and nobody appointed him to do it. I'm Joey Barton. <laughs> this here's my C V. I'm more yeah. qualified to take these free kicks than like, you basically. I think but the only reason he's in the team is because he's Joey Barton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he has You can name. do that when you're Cristiano Ronaldo, I suppose, when he missed what, like fifty free kicks <laughs> for Portugal before uh, he uh, he man yeah. well 
he managed but one in for Real Madrid last week, but he still hasn't for Portugal. But still, nobody's disputing mm. his well, right to take yeah. them because he's backing it up and everything else he does. Yeah, everywhere else, but um. Poor Joey isn't. Well, no, actually, I'm not going to say poor Joey. Poor I don't have yeah. any sympathy for him. He's dug himself think, into this. I think Bur- Burnley dodged the big bullet there. I think getting rid of him. I mean, he, he was just, he was their player of the was, year. Though, yeah. So that's quite a gamble. But I still think though, I think they were smart because I think they knew he wouldn't have legs for the Premier League, and they got rid of him. So I, I think it was a good decision from Burnley. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Well, <laughs> we'll see how it all goes. I don't think anyone can. Neither of you are going to dispute that Celtic are going to win the league this year. No, and no. as far as your Champions League hopes go, oh uh, not a hope. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after seven nil last week, at at the, at the end of the day, like people can say, oh, it's Barcelona, anybody could happen, but it's it's not good. Yeah, it was embarrassingly poor. It was embarrassing. Like pe- people said that when Neil Lennon was in charge, people said that Barcelona were going to do that to them at the time, and Celtic put it up to them. Mm. But when Celtic put it up to him, they had Virgil Van Dijk playing centre half. He was the statistically the best defender in the Premier League last year. We had Wanyama, who has climbed the scale even further mm. since since he moved to the Premier League. He's taken <clears> over in midfield. I think he's fantastic. We had Ben, we had uh, we had Forrester and Nets. Mm. We just we had we had Gary Hooper. We just we just don't have these key players anymore. Our main player this year is Scott Brown or Scott Sinclair, and I mean he wasn't even getting playing for Aston Villa. True. I think Dembele was a good sign, though a really good sign. Dembele was. It was weird that he actually chose to yeah. go because Spurs and everything. Spurs, were him, Juventus. There was mm. loads of teams after him, and he's starting to come into form now. So like he he will be a key player for yeah. Celtic. Certainly a stepping stone, though. Oh yeah, think, definitely. Yeah. That's that's all Celtic are anymore. Yeah. Mm. Okay, we move on. Um, I'm just gonna have a quick roundup of the Capital One Cup draw from last night, and then we're gonna move on to another story. But um, I'm just gonna run through these games. Did you watch any of them last night? No, I didn't catch the United game myself. I, I saw the highlights. Hello, senior Leeds fan. How do you feel about Norwich at home? It's horrific. A horrific <laughs> draw. I mean, we got, I think, 8,000 to 10,000 against the... Well, you got the home Blackburn. draw. Yeah, against Blackburn in the in, in the last round. And I think we need a big we need a big tie. And Nor- to go out to Norwich, which is probably what's going to happen, is, mm. is, not a, is no way to go out. Well, they've started well in the championship. They really have, yeah. Um, and we have not started too well at all. Uh, three <laughs> last one or last three games, but bear in mind it was against Blackburn twice, who are twenty third, and Cardiff, who are twenty fourth. So <laughs> I wouldn't look too far into that one. Yeah, it's, it hasn't been a good time. No, and, and we don't have a now. we don't have a fairy tale draw, so I'm very upset. No more uh, Jermaine Beckford scoring goals against Manchester. No, United, or Luciano Becchio against Spurs <laughs> <laughs> uh, or Chelsea. So no. in the other another one of the draws, Henda is the Manchester derby is coming up again. Can you see it being any different from the one two weeks ago? It needs to be. Because I mean, the first half, City annihilated mm. United. Kevin De Bruyne. They were, they, were, they were lucky. They were lucky not to be down by three or four goals in the, in the mm. first half. Uh, we got lucky with a, a Claudio Bravo mistake, <laughs> um, and it was a good finish from Ibra. But I mean, the keeper should have caught it. Yeah. But then Joe Hart did the exact same thing. <laughs> they were on. Yeah. So there's no real point in going into that. But uh, charity Hart. Yeah, I think Mourinho has to take a different approach to the game. Because I mean, it just seemed like we were a Stoke, just lumping yeah. the ball forward, hoping for the best. But John Stones, like he, he just swept everything up. Mm-hmm. Okay, for the other draws, we also have Arsenal at home to Reading, which was was that the match that was six all a few years ago. Whatever you right. Oh, in the cup. In the when they were yeah, four nil down, and then it was something. Yeah, six six five or something. Yeah, I remember that. Do you think we get something similar to that? God, no. <laughs> do you think the, the bridge is... In fairness, Reading are not doing too bad on the Yapstam, so 
I think they could put it up there. Arsenal. Yeah, Stam's managing Reading. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that completely went over my head. Yeah, I know. It's a bit of a. It was when a did that a, happen? It was a very uh, quiet appointment <laughs> during the summer, but uh, now he's doing solid enough. I always wondered that. what Yap Stam was doing with it these yeah, days. I, I didn't hear that one at all. They have a nice little team there. So okay, so we've got um, Liverpool versus Spurs. That's a good tie. That's a good tie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Klopp. Jordan Henderson seems to be revitalised these days. Is he? Uh, <laughs> like I a, a, a revitalized am Jordan I, am Henderson. I missing something? I mean, I mean, like there, there's there's. I mean, he scored. He scored a scream or so. He's class again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but like when you take about twelve shots like that a game, one of them's gonna go in. You know. Yeah. What I mean? like, <laughs> like, there's videos going about on the Liverpool pages. Like, is he worth eighty five million? Oh, yeah. And here. saying that he's Gerrard, but he takes about fifteen shots a game, yeah, and at, le- at least ten <laughs> of them go away. Uh, uh, and a revitalized Jordan Henderson is as good as. Jamba Jamba revitalised them. We got West Ham at home to Chelsea. Uh, London Derby. West Ham not doing too well at home. No. Or pa- in pa- general, pa- really. Paye pinging in the 96th minute free kick again. Yeah, against Accrington Stanley. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, they struggled. Big Wouldn't really be. Yeah. It's it's Chelsea's game as long as they don't give a free kick away in the last minute. And then True. <laughs> <laughs> so my boys, Newcastle, got the dream draw. Home to Preston. Oh, wow. We can march on from this, I believe. Let's go straight to the quarterfinals yeah, again pretty where sure. Tottenham will probably hammer them in. Or oh, maybe Aidan McGeady will be on form for Preston. Uh, Aidan McGeady, yeah. Sevilla, Wednesday, Preston, take your pick. <laughs> you know. well, go back to Celtic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that... Basically, I if that's, you that's didn't do too bad in Moscow. If if you're choosing like, if we're, if we're going back to Celtic, like that would revitalize Aidan McGinty because that's how good the Scottish league is right now. Yeah, <laughs> like okay. Preston would probably put it up to Celtic. Oh no! Come on, it would be it'd be an easy train to win for Preston. If at home, maybe because there is something seriously wrong with Celtic's away form. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder they can't even beat amateurs, but uh, yeah, I think that'll be. I suppose I'm going to be the one to call this one easy enough win for Newcastle yeah. at home. They seem to be uh, flying at loving life in the Championship, bar that one or two miss. A couple of blips start, against Huddersfield and yeah. Huddersfield, Hull, Fulham, Bristol at home, but mm. then yeah, four on the trust, lose the Wolves, kind of. I don't know. Win back over the fans by beating Wolves on Tuesday night. One man who seems to be completely back in the game is Johan Gufran, who I've nearly, oh. I nearly forgot he played for them. What a goal. And then he scored a brilliant goal. Oh. Another volley on Tuesday. It was like Van Persie. Did you ever see Van Persie's at the Valley? 06 for Arsenal. Yeah. One of the finest goals. It just remi- it wasn't as good as that, but it just reminded me of that goal. He's just, I don't know what what's going to happen with him because if he stays the way he's going, he could, you know, maybe we could sell him to Everton for 50 million. You know, it's just worth 30. I'll take that any day. So moving on, we've got one more light story just for the end, okay? So um, have you ever heard of story, stories about, you know, football saved my life or mm. anything like this? Classic because tale. in Denmark, yeah. Bronby fan David Nielsen had a Polish striker Camille Wilczek to tank after he was hit in the head during a warm-up before the derby between Bronby and Copenhagen. Wow. Yeah, where's this going to go? Two sides met on the 28th of August and Nielsen received treatment first aid for the staff after being struck by the wayward shot. Thanks to Wilczek's poor finish, a brain tumour was discovered early in Nielsen <laughs> and now he's receiving treatment for it. He posted a message of his story on Facebook which has gone viral on social media and so on and so on. Can you think of anything else even slightly like that? Because I know we were talking about this earlier and you just got up Rio Ferdinand's yeah. example of booting a ball into the crowd. But um, no, that's an absolutely fantastic story from Denmark. I kind of wish him well on us. But um, can you think of anything whatsoever 
that's that would come incredible. even close to that like what are the odds of you just standing in a crowd anyway of the like the Copenhagen Derby is actually quite huge I'd imagine at least 30,000 people were at yeah. this and you were the one who got hit in the head by the ball yeah but, that's like that's never happened no, it's, it's, <laughs> no I mean there's no precedent for that and you're, you're always confused I was always confused by the fact that it's in the warm up should professional footballers not be putting the ball in the net yeah, in when the there's no pressure on them yeah, that's, it always confused me it's then, worrying for the striker also but you'd imagine it was a, a far enough out shot I don't know yeah. see how it goes right. if it was anything like the smack that Rio Ferdinand gave that woman then it was a pretty hard <laughs> shot <laughs> yeah, I mean he he gave she she wasn't quite as lucky as that fan yeah. he, he gave her <laughs> he gave her some uh, some United memorabilia signed by the team even though she was not a United fan, she was an Arsenal fan. Oh God! Um, yeah, so I can imagine she wasn't the, too the, pleased. The Denmark fella, he, he's probably probably a bit happier. Probably a, a very happier. happy bloke. And then um, just last story before we finish up, we haven't talked about him in a while. There was a there was a time when we were raving about him every single oh, day of the week. God. I don't know who you're Do you talking know about. Who I'm I know. Going, I'm going to talk about Jack Grealish. Oh. He's back in the headlines for the wrong reasons, which is. I suppose most of the, the time he's been he's in, the ever in the headlines yeah. for the wrong reasons. But uh, Roberto Di Matteo has confirmed on Thursday that an internal investigation has started at the club into media publicity surrounding Aston Villa's Jack Grealish. Do you want to take a guess what he did? Something about smoke and something, uh, wasn't I it? Say I, I kind of saw this. Yeah. Doing oxygen or something yeah. like that there. Doing <laughs> oxygen. <laughs> Breathing. No, you know, you know, I know the oxygen pipe, yeah? yeah. <laughs> I know that actually Helium. isn't. No, it's. Uh, I wish it was kind of as exciting. He didn't oh. even let like he just had an all night party in a Birmingham hotel. Didn't oh. even let fireworks off or anything this time. It's a bit. I know that was Balotelli, but yeah. you know he could have he could have notched this one up a bit. Um, and he will be dropped, but did reveal that his disappointments following the latest publicity. Di Matteo said the investigation is still ongoing. I cannot confirm or deny if he will be available. It's a timing issue, and we want to get it right. In general, for the sake of any player, they need to learn about what it takes to be an athlete. He needs to grow up very quickly. How long have we been talking about how Jack Grealish needs to grow up? Yeah, too long, I think. And Aston Villa definitely don't need this because they've had a poor start to the season. I mean, they've spent a lot of money. <laughs> and they need to start hitting the bricks quick. And <laughs> Where are they in the championship they're, table? They're around 15th, I think 14th. Brilliant, yeah. so they're not coming up they're anytime the, soon. No, unless... I, I was really happy for them going down, though, because... But they, they deserved it. They, they really relegated really Newcastle in 2010. They have signed super players for the league, though, so I think <laughs> they will start to come good soon. But uh, at the moment, they don't need another Jack Grealish controversy. Yeah, so uh, Grealish's off-field conduct has been the subject of adverse publicity before... In April 2015, he had to apologise to the Villa manager, Tim Sherwood, after being pictured inhaling from balloons at a party. <laughs> so, we've been, so apparently drunk on while a holiday in t- Tenerife. We've seen those photos That's as a, well. That's a they're so cracking is, photos, in fairness. That's funny. This would be strike three for them. So if he hasn't been dropped at this stage or sold on, yeah. I don't think he's going to be coming back anytime soon. I suppose it'd be different if he was lighting it up like with them. He's kind of just been quite underwhelming, so... Mm-hmm. Alright, that's it for the football today folks uh, You're going to be joined next by Enda Call and William Dunn Who are going to talk GAA and the All-Ireland Final the Harling Championship with Paul Merson Who's watching the game at Nolan Park Kilkenny versus Wexford Merce oh, I thought this was going to be lively Jeff But the Kilkenny boys, they've come out with sticks Jeff oh, I don't believe it So the Wexford lads <laughs> This could kick off lively Jeff Phil Point is absolutely disgraceful Point You know, and then you know, Mickey Hart jumping up and down and cheering and smiling afterwards as if they've achieved something good. I'll tell you what they've achieved. They've achieved something absolutely rotten. 
and they're becoming a template for clubs and for counties all over the country now. Young teams going out, an under 16 match on Wednesday night. Two sweepers methodically pulling down the opposing team as they're coming up the field. This is how you do it, you get the job done. This is the new language. The, euphemis the euphemism for cheating is closing the game out. That, that what, he, what Sean Cavanagh did, I cannot believe that somebody awarded him the man of the match. That was a total and absolute disgrace. That's the antithesis, hold on, of what Gaelic games are about. You're supposed to be able to look your opponent in the face. What, we, what do we teach kids? Moving on to GAA, I'm joined in the studio by William Dunn to my left hand side. We're going to be talking the All-Ireland Final. The first draw in an All-Ireland Football Final in 16 years, William, what do you make of it? I just couldn't get over it. It reminded me of Leicester winning the league, really. I just, it didn't, didn't make sense to me. I, I, before the game I said, if Mayo could beat Dublin, that would be the biggest shock in our lifetime. And I know, you know, we've probably only been following the last 10 years or so, but for a draw with all the hype it done in the last five years couldn't get over and like it was a very entertaining match yet it was a dreadful game of football would you agree with that? yeah I again just can't get over but like just the wet the weather added to that I really think if the weather was a nice dry sunny match Dublin would have took control those mistakes wouldn't have happened even Dean Rock probably would have caught that ball would have finished it himself it's just the slippery conditions added to it the two on goal is so bizarre um, which yeah, it was just nuts. It was a, it was a, oh, it was the strangest all Ireland final I've seen in a long, long time. But you're saying Mayo, it would have been a massive result for them, and it would have been a massive shock if they won. Was it down to Mayo playing good, or was it down to Dublin playing awful? Yeah, see, that's that's the question on everyone's minds. I saw a tweet from Shane Larry the golfer saying, "Why is everyone on about how bad Dublin played? Why don't people give Mayo credit?" And to be fair, Mayo played unbelievable, but. The reason the result is what it was is because Dublin were terrible. Their passing was off, their shooting was just dismal. dismal. Um, the forwards were just so flat in attack. Your Uncle Kenny, I know, he was on the ball a lot. Unfortunately, he was pushed back to wing back, but when he was attacking, he was just shocking, out of ideas. And I, as I said, didn't have that scoring instinct. He was trying to look for the pass, he was hesitant. Um, but no, Dublin, their passing was off uh, when they were trying to run up the field. They weren't even looking over their shoulder and the Mayo men were coming in, but the Mayo's defence was so intense that Dublin just couldn't cope. Yeah, that's what, like, I would argue that Dublin played poor, but Dublin played poor because Mayo played so well. I mean, D Mayo's defence put so much pressure on those Dublin forwards and those Dublin forwards ha hadn't experienced anything like that this year and the pressure just got them in the end. I mean, they had, I think, I counted 10 wides in the first half they didn't register their their own score, taking away the OGs until twenty minutes into the fir first half. Oh, for, for, from play it was thirty four minutes. Paddy Andrews' point, who was only on because of a blackout, that was their first point from play, which is outrageous to say. But it was a masterclass in defence by both teams. But Mayo just didn't even give Dublin a yard. There was times when Jim Connolly was weaving in between two or three players, makes two yards, winds up for the shot. It looks like it's gone over the bar, but immediately it's blocked down straight yeah. away. You know. And like the the this Dublin side have been pegged as one of the greatest of all time, and maybe have the best forward line of all time. But why is it then that they just scored four points in the first half by themselves and five in the second half? That's why I'm saying it's so bizarre. It really doesn't make sense. You can only put it down to complacency. Like everyone, including them players, will know coming into this, they're favourites. They are the better team. They should be winning, and. I'm not too sure maybe did they relax on tactics or training, but why it was so flat, why 
when they were getting the ball, they were hesitant. They weren't looking for space. There was no runners and support. It was sort of whenever Dean Rock got the ball, it was like, okay, Dean, you do whatever you can to get a score. There was there was no support, um, which is was just amazing to see that that forward line could not conjure up any more than four points in the first half. And as you said, like there might have been a bit of complacency. There's a story about Eamon, Eamon McGee a few years ago, the year that Donegal beat Mayo in all their final. He went for a few drinks the night before. And when he was questioned about it, why he went for drinks before all Ireland final, he said it was Mayo. He said, I knew we were going to beat Mayo in the final. And this year, Mayo have been absolutely awful. They almost they got almost got beat by Fermanagh. Uh, they didn't do anything in the uh, Connacht Championship, yet they managed to scrape their way to an all Ireland final. Um, do you think that even no. if they bet Dublin, do you think, did they deserve the Sam based on that performance alone? Well, going back to Eamon McGee, and I really do not think now the Dublin players would have a drink the night, night before. They're as professional as you can get now. Um, so I know it's, I think it's just a mental thing. Uh, confidence, which I don't know, maybe they, their confidence was knocked after the Kerry game, but yeah, definitely don't think they were out having drinks or they took it that easy. But I think it was just they were too hesitant on the ball at the time and then they just weren't aware of what was going on anyway. But... um. Was it Mayo? The next question. Um, do, do Mayo deserve the Sam based on that performance alone, or could you say that they don't deserve it at all uh, because they didn't deserve to be? Oh no, absolutely! You can only be what's in front of you, and their conduct campaign was was poor. But they knew themselves. You know, it wasn't to be all end all. They can make their way through the back door. Tyrone, ultra champions, bet them by a point. Every right to do so. Um, then on to Tipperary everyone respecting them to win and they did by 5 points then uh, coming into the Dublin game <clears throat> it was never who's going to win Dublin Mayo it was always could Mayo beat Dublin and I said not a hope they proved me wrong and if they did win 100% they would deserve this all Ireland title and just on a broader scale on Dublin like, are they as dominating as everyone says there because there's arguments that people are putting forward that Dublin should be split into two. The revenue shouldn't be just pumped into the the centre of of Dublin. They're getting far more money. They have far more resources than everyone. But at the minute, uh, Dublin are three from five. Um, They'll go four from six if they win this game. Tyrone went three from six in the mid-2000s. And Kerry almost did five in a row before that. So are Dublin... is Is the game in such a state as people think that well now I won't go spoof it now I wouldn't be I wasn't following GA as much now at that time when Tyrone were doing well but 3 out of 6 unbelievable record but I don't think like every year Dublin won they were all either favourites or close to and the years they didn't in the last 5 years it was a massive shock but I, I can't imagine back then like I would only name 2 or 3 players on that Tyrone side I would imagine but Dub- Dublin are just unbelievable they are streets ahead every game they go into they're expected to win and usually they do and if, and if something goes wrong they don't panic you know they're just they're top class they'll get the job done and I thought it, the exact same against Mayo when they were playing poorly they'd never panic they got three points up and it looked like they were going to win three points up with two minutes left who would have thought you know but that's just amazing now um, but what what happens to Dublin in a few years time because I mean it's Kerry that are dominating under age they've just gone three minor titles in a row uh, Dublin are are struggling. They they struggled in Leinster in the in the minors and under twenty ones. Do they do they have players coming through? 
that can replace the players going out. That's thing. There's a lot of talk about this class in '96 in Dublin. You know, the lads born in '96 be like Brian Fenton, Kieran Kilkenny, John Small, Jack McCaffrey when he comes back. There's a good bunch around seven or eight lads. Then there's lads a year or two younger, and that'll keep them going for another few years. So realistically, I think they'd only need one or two players produced over the next ten years to still be winning all arms. And then you're talking about splitting up the county. Like, look at it. Three All Irelands in the last five years. That's the first like that. They went fifteen years without a, a win. Why aren't you talking about splitting up Kilkenny if that's the case? It's only because people can look at Dublin and say they have the resources, they have the population. With Kilkenny, you can't spot it. With Kerry, you can't spot it because it's just culture. So like, if Mayo or Kerry were, if Kerry bet Dublin, that talk would be go away for another year or two. So I think by splitting up the county would never happen. But um, yeah, no, I think Dublin are safe for the next few years. They only need to be producing one or two, maybe three players from each age group. And Jim Gavin, he's obviously like he's obviously a fantastic manager tactically, and he's brought something forward that the game has never seen before with this Dublin side, the professionalism and athleticism. I mean, do you see him staying on as a long-term manager, or do you think that uh, he might just ease out after a few years? Yeah, fantastic manager, and the way he uh, deals with the media and everything is just exceptional but I think I can only compare it to Guardiola you know such a cool character it's not not flashy like a Mourinho or maybe a Davy Fitz you know like to compare but that would just be up to him if he if he wants to to stay going the WGA won't, won't be telling him to, to leave so I think that's just up to him and his maybe family circumstance or what but a fantastic manager and he, if he stays on you can imagine Dublin will be winning 6 or 7 out of the next 10 All-Irelands yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I think he's one of the best managers in the game. And he could go on to, if he stays, I think he'd go on to have a reputation as big as Mickey Hart's, if not much bigger. Oh, yeah, I'd imagine um, so. But moving on to the, the replay, uh, obviously there's the whole ticket scandals, who's going to get more tickets. There was complaints that uh, from uh, Dublin fans that um, counties were giving Mayo uh, the tickets that they got. Um but leaving all that aside, do you think Dublin are just going to run over Mayo? Um, it sounds a bit cheesy, but maybe the weather, depending, you know, like uh, the weather played into Mayo's hands. Like as soon as they closed down, the ball was just slipping out of their hands. But I'd be very, very surprised if Dublin did not run away with this other. And they did it last year. Mayo came back superbly again, seven points down to draw in the next game. I think it was 10 points apiece at halftime, but... Dublin just showed their class. They were in control of the game and they eventually picked off the scores and the vital goals. And I think they'll be possessed um, in Saturday week time to beat Mayo in the All-Ireland. Mayo, Mayo are going to have to bring something different forward though. Because, I mean, if they if they come into this match with the exact same approach, the likes of Jim Gavin will be able to spot that. And he will he will have, I'm sure he will have the Dublin Dublin uh, players drilled on how to beat that system. Yeah, I'm not too sure where you think this now, but I'm really, really surprised of uh, Aidan O'Shea. I thought he was unplayable about 14 months ago. Dublin actually had to put Rory O'Carroll, who got an all-star, and Keanu Sullivan dropping back just to handle him. And this year, even against Tipperary, he might have even got one point. So I don't know what you think of Aidan O'Shea's influence. Yeah, no, like, I, I was looking at Aidan O'Shea uh, against Dublin, and he was playing... Like it was, it was at the stage where Dublin had scored three in a row and Mayo needed to come back, and Aidan O'Shea was around the middle of the park, and that's not where you want him. You want like it's especially against Dublin's backline. 
people have said that's their weakness put long balls exactly. in on top of them you want Aidan O'Shea in on top and with Killian O'Connor around him and Jason O'Doherty and all that I'm, I'm very surprised of uh, Aidan O'Shea's impact and I think Mayo will need to sort that if they're to have any chance in the replay yeah definitely um, I think Andy Moran will have a big uh, role to play as well I mean he, he missed a good goal opportunity uh, but I thought he was very good generally in the game and didn't really deserve to be taken off. Yes, but it was see, probably just legs and then. Absolutely, I was just going to say the Dublin players just have the legs. They're just the fittest uh, county in the country at the moment, and I think that's where Andy Moran will fall a bit behind. But then again, you can't give Andy Moran three or four yards, or he'll he'll stick him over, and then he'll find himself in those little pockets. And if he gets lucky, you know, goal will come his way, and Dublin are in trouble once again. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, we'll wrap it up. So you're going to go for a Dublin win? I'd say Dublin by seven or eight points. Yeah, that's okay. I'll go the same. Cheers. Thank you. Right. State your name, cuz. Stormzy, innit? And what are we doing today? Reffing, innit? Yeah? Fucking reffing, innit? Yeah? Fire in the pot. <laughs> Let's go. But heaven help us, Michael. I, I, if this is the way the game of Gaelic football is going to go, because... I've seen the apocalypse there in the last 38, 38 minutes. Remember that tribe in, in Iraq, the Shiite tribe? Well, we've watched Shiite football for the last... He hits it! It's over the bar! Oh!